Super Clash. It is the Super Clash podcast, the podcast of something that's not very clashy, but uh, we'll figure out an intro. Connor? That was horrible. I give it a D minus. <laughs> but I'm Kale. And I'm Connor, the pink-haired wonder. And I knocked something over. God it- damn it, we gotta scrap the whole thing. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not scrapping. We're keeping this shit in. Oh, man. It's been, so, it's been a couple weeks since we've last recorded. Yeah, and uh, it's been a busy week with gaming. It, it has. Uh, real quick, uh, we took a couple weeks off for the holidays, for uh, Christmas and New Year's, and I had a birthday that passed. Oh, you're old. Yeah, I turned 30. I got my AARP card. And oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, I'm... I'm an old geezer. Basically a boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. But yeah, so what'd you get for Christmas, Connor? Uh, Well, for Christmas, I got uh, some Razer gear for my computer. Nice. A, a new mouse, new keyboard, a headphone stand. Um, and then I also got some AirPods, which is nice. Oh, yeah, I saw those on the counter. Yeah, they uh, they, they work pretty well. So... Uh, probably the best wireless buds that I have. So nice, nice. Uh, what about you? Well, you can see I got myself a. Well, my family got me an Apple Watch. So fancy, very fancy. And Lily, my fiance, she got me a telescope to mm. look at the night sky since she, uh, she, she lives out in the country. The boonies, some so would say, basically. But the night sky is absolutely gorgeous, and as you know, this past holiday season, Jupiter and Saturn were really close together, and I got really excited about that, and Lily got me a telescope so I can see it. Nice. That's awesome. And not only that, she got me a, she got me a star. Oh. She registered a star in the Capricorn constellation, so Capricorn is like the astrological sign of December. And do you do you want to guess what she named it? Something to do with the uh, cabbage? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Latin name for robust cabbage. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, it was like Brastisca orisica or something like that. But yeah. And over the holidays, I played quite a bit of the game I'm going to be talking about. Well... Um, let's just hop into what games we've been playing lately. Um, I have quite a few things to talk about, and I know mm-hmm. you do as well. Uh, would you like to go first, or would you like me? You can go ahead. All right. Um, I think the game that I probably put the most hours into, and I actually completed, uh, was Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Um, I played that on PC, and while it was the most stable version of the game it still was plagued with quite a few uh bugs throughout um a few notable issues was um when i was playing uh, a mission where johnny silverhand was playing in in front of an audience there was a guitar riff that that started and it just kept looping every like five seconds it would just keep looping and looping. And then even after the concert was over, it 
kept looping and looping and through other cutscenes it kept looping and i eventually just had to like kill my character <laughs> off and then like damn and uh restart from a checkpoint so that happened i've also had points where um i've had other audio loops and then i had a one point where there was a prompt on a screen like telling me to please close this thing or whatever right and it just stuck on my screen through several missions just in the middle of my screen so that was weird i've had moments where i was in like a a intense emotional cutscene, you know like a character's dying or something yeah and my character just started t-posing mid cutscene, um which is kind of funny um but the weird part about cyberpunk that i really can't say for a lot of games it's the one game I've played lately where um, I want to keep playing it. I wanted really? to keep going back, and I wanted to do more missions. I felt invested in the story and mm-hmm. the characters. I wanted to do missions with the characters. Um, so that was what was kind of weird. It's this weird juxtaposition of, yeah, the game's broken and buggy and has a lot of problems throughout, but... It was still in, you know, getting me invested in the story, and I do actually want to go back and play. I think what I'm gonna do is once they release the uh, PS5 update for the PS4 version, I'm gonna go and try that yeah. one because I haven't played it on console, and I really just didn't want to try that that base PS4 that's, version. <laughs> that's really what's kept me from playing Cyberpunk because I only have it on on PlayStation, and since there's only the PlayStation 4 version available, uh, it's more stable. We're running on PlayStation 5, but I want to wait for patches to come out and for that PS5 upgrade before I really dive into it. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, Additionally, I would say the game needs optimization even for PC. Heavily. Um, Not only were there weird bugs... But there was just lots of just performance hitches where I'm playing on what is the recommended specs for the game. I have really? a, a 2080, um, one on the higher end of the 2080s, too. It's it's an overclocked version. Um, I have 16 gigs of DDR4 RAM and an i7-9700K. Uh, yeah. And ample amounts of cooling. Um, and it just, it would hit points where nothing was happening in the game, but the frame rate would just tank to, I'm talking single digits. Like, it would get un, almost unbearable. And what I'd have to do is I would have to um, save and quit out of the game and go back in, and then that same scene would run fine. So what I was wondering is, was was the game just, like, caching data, and it was getting just too much for it to handle at a certain point? Or no. It, it was really, really weird. Um, so... Did- did you run into the game-breaking bug? There was a game-breaking bug that a lot of people were experiencing to where if your save file was above 8 megabytes, the save file will be corrupted. Oh, I never ran into that, no. Really? Because a lot of people were running, in, running into it, and one of the ways to get around it was to save often and to not have your inventory very high. So, like, not not to have a lot of stuff in your inventory, which seemed counterproductive to this type of game, because you're encouraged to loot and have a lot of stuff in inventory, but if this means having a save file above 8 meg, I think it's 8 megabytes, and the save being corrupted, that is a massive issue. Um, it might have been 
because of the way I played the game that it didn't run into that. What I would do was after every kind of like checkpoint in a mission or save point, I would go through my inventory and just dump everything that like I didn't need or, you know, sell off things or or do whatever I could to keep my inventory low. Okay. So I would only have like a couple rows of weapons um, and I would just dump everything that, you know, I wasn't using or wasn't strong enough. Right. Gotcha. Um, So that might have been part of it. Uh But um, honestly, I do want to go back. There are multiple endings to this game. So there is some replayability in it. Good. Um, I'm thinking my next build, I'm going to play as a uh, female um, because there's different romance options based off that. Hmm. Really, you're only one, I believe, if you play as a male character, your only romance option is the character of Pan Am, who's part of this group that, I don't know how to describe their group. They're like a, a kind of like a group of renegades that live outside the city limits and live on kind of like um, in like tents and stuff like that. And they just kind of like hang out out there and they're not part of the, the city. Um, she's part of that group and she's also a major part of the story as well. So you can't romance uh, Keanu Reeves? Uh, no, well, Keanu Reeves is inside your head, so it would be really hard to romance. I don't but care. But you do get to see him romance some people uh in flashbacks so i i don't care i'm a straight male but listen if you want to i'd probably make out with keanu reeves Uh, (laughs) um yeah honestly i i'm probably gonna have a a little bit crazier of a build i went as a corpo this time around oh you went corpo first time or are you gonna do it uh next time i went corpo first time interesting and i i hear that uh Depending on your starting origins, there's a different introduction. Yeah, there is. There's three different ones. I I did play uh, probably about three hours before I kind of got distracted. And um, I was uh, Street Rat, or whatever it's called. That's what I think I want to do next. And the introduction is that you put your nose back on and crack it into place. Oh, nice. With a very satisfying... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very satisfying. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a female character. I'm gonna try to romance um, Judy. Well, no, Keanu. No. Damn. No. Um, but would I recommend it? No, I wouldn't recommend this game right now. Would I recommend it? Um, maybe six months to a year down the line once they iron out the kinks. Definitely, because there is cool. a very, very solid game underneath. It's just not ready to come out of the oven yet. Yeah. And we, which we later found out, that's was a higher-up's decision, because apparently uh, a lot of the developers didn't even know uh, that the higher-ups were making these promises. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it'll be out this time when the game was nowhere near ready and they're putting out basically false information by showing gameplay in a what seemed like a finished state. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ruined uh, CDR's uh, reputation a little bit. Yeah. I don't blame the developers at all. Developers did the best they could, but that's clearly a from a, a publishing issue. I think at some point, and... You know, correct me if I or uh, stop me if I'm repeating myself here, but I feel like at some point they shifted the focus um, from consoles to 
or from current consoles to next gen and PC. That that sounds right because I think this game was in development for longer than The Witcher. Yeah, this game in theory should have been optimized enough to run on the consoles, but it just wasn't. And the fact that the next gen upgrades for these games aren't even available yet definitely signals that this should have been pushed out or you know you're probably gonna piss off some of the fan base but maybe released on pc first but i don't even think the pc version's full baked like i think it it still needed some work it's, yeah. it's just the the best of the options honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um that was the one of the games i played the other one that i played and beat recently was uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I played the campaign for that game. Um, there is some very, very interesting stuff in that game. Um, but I'd like to talk about the controls first, because I feel like that is the the only game that I've played so far on PS4, or sorry, on PS5, that really uses all of the PlayStation 5 controllers' uh, features, okay. so to speak. So, like, aiming down the sight has some resistance in the trigger. And when you pull the trigger to fire the gun, there's resistance. And also, once you push at a certain point, there's almost like a a, a click. Like, you're pulling the trigger of a gun. Like a break. Yeah. Gotcha. And it feels perfect. I will tell you, if you play it for hours on end, your fingers do get tired. Because you are pushing against resistance. It's like firing an actual firearm gun in that way. Yeah, exactly. So I would say, for the most part in that game, um, the handguns and the rifles all felt really good. The submachine guns, all those felt really good. The one place I feel like it kind of fell down, and I don't really know how to improve it, uh, would be the shotguns. I'd say the shotguns in that game felt like you were shooting a Nerf gun. They did not they didn't have enough oomph to it. You didn't get enough feedback in the controller to feel like you're mm. firing a shotgun. Because some, as somebody who has fired firearms before... A shotgun has kick to it. It does. And when you're firing... I own a shotgun, so... Yeah. When you're firing a pump-action 12-gauge shotgun, there's kick. And I felt like, in a lot of ways, it felt like a Nerf gun. As I said, it, it felt like you were firing off a, a larger Nerf gun. <laughs> it was weird. I, I kind of feel like Call of Duty is, has always been kind of hit or miss when it comes to shotguns. Like, there's some shotguns that are super OP, mm-hmm. super awesome, and others where you... Think they should be devastating, but do very little damage. Yeah. So, like, if you're talking a magazine-fed semi-automatic shotgun that fires as fast as you pull the trigger, you think that would obliterate your enemy. And in real life, it would. It would. <laughs> There'd be nothing left. He'd be gibbed. Yeah. But it's just like, eh. and that's what I don't understand. I get possibly like nerfing certain guns for multiplayer. Yeah. I, I get that for balancing, you have to do things like that. But when you're playing the campaign, you don't need to hold back. Like, no. If if you want, if you don't want me to breeze through it because I have this this crazy powerful gun, just give me limited ammo for it, you know, yeah. and then I won't use it all the it's, time. It's a, make it a power up and not a standard weapon. Yeah, but that you know that's probably enough about the the controls. I I feel like that's the really big things they pushed through on this one. What one more thing to add? I I want to ask about the guns. Uh, how's the sound design when it comes to the guns? I feel like it felt pretty great. Because I, I heard something really interesting when it comes to uh, guns in games. Where you, you play some first-person shooters where those guns feel super powerful, devastating. And others where you, you're shooting 
but they don't feel right. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of people say that it comes to the sound design. Like, how loud are these guns? It's it it, it play, almost plays a uh, a trick with your brain that the louder the the gun sounds, the more powerful it is. And that honestly might you know that might be why the shotguns felt so weak is because I didn't feel like they had a large bang to them either. I felt like they were just like boom, boom, boom. And shotguns boom. are loud. Yeah, they should be loud. And if you're hitting somebody at point blank. They should go backwards. That that should push somebody back away. You know, not really in real life, but I, I. But in a game, absolutely. I don't know, man. If somebody's wearing body armor, you know, which is gonna, you know, shell or shelve some of the resistance uh, on it, right? And they're hit with something at point blank range. You know, that impact is gonna hit them. It's gonna knock them back a little bit. You know, MythBusters actually did did a thing on this, and they they proved that it can't really happen because it because of Newton's third third law, anything has an equal and opposite reaction. So, for someone to fly three feet back, there needs to be enough power for you to f- fly three feet back. Yeah. Now the person may stumble back a little bit because when you pull, because when you pull the trigger in it with a shotgun, go back to Newton's third law. You're absorbing that equal and opposite reaction into your shoulder. Yeah, there are mechanisms in the gun and in, in the the stock of the gun that help to absorb some of that. Yeah, well, for for semi-automatic weapons, but of pump action, you're absorbing all of that recoil into your shoulder. So. As opposed to a semi-automatic, where where when the bolt cyc- cycles, a lot of that um, force is absorbed by like the buffer spring and and the recycling. Yeah, so. I'm just talking about the uh, like there are certain stocks that you can have for guns that that are yeah partially rubberized and things. Mm-hmm. So like you know they're they're pushing back, but they're they're not like knocking you back, right? Super Clash Podcast is now a <laughs> firearm podcast. We're going to make you uh, American up in here. Sugar amendments. I'm tired of all these liberals that's making my freaking guns gay. This, uh, that's enough of Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> so Continue, I'm sorry. <laughs> anywho, um, regardless, I, I don't feel like the, the characters had enough reaction to being shot either sometimes. Like, if you're being shot, you're going to recoil a little bit too. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. be like, oh, that was nothing, right? Again, it's a video game. You can't expect too much. Yeah, I, have some fun. I feel like as games get more and more realistic, like with the trigger pull feel and things like that, your expectations get a little higher too. Yeah. You're like, I want this to feel more real because it, you know. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about the story. Um, I feel like the story was very, very interesting. And I don't want to spoil it because there's definitely a lot that you could could spoil and it would change your outlook on the game going in. Okay. Um, but let's just say your character is part of a group of special ops people. You can choose whether you were initially from the uh, CIA or if you were from, um, oh gosh, what's the British Special Forces? Uh, it's either MI5 or MI6. MI6, I think. I, is MI6, yeah. I think, is the CIA equivalent. Yeah. And so you can, you can choose like which organization you were from or whatever and you can kind of choose your own backstory to some degree and and it fills out your your profile really yeah wow and that, that, that's that's a new thing in call of duty yeah 
And so you are undertaking these various missions. Uh, you, you play through things that are in like Vietnam. You play through things that um, are more Russia-centric. So mm-hmm. you, you're trying to infiltrate the the KGB and right. things like that. Um, that's all pretty cut and standard, right? It pretty Call of Duty feel. Right. What changes is that the there are multiple endings to this game that you can get. There's branching paths and there's optional side missions you can do in this game. Um, based off the intel you collect in certain missions, uh, certain main story missions, you unlock um, more information about these side missions. And in theory, if you wanted to be a completionist, you would go through uh, the story missions, collect all the intel, and then go do the side missions. And you could basically have all the information going into those missions and do those as well. And it actually references those side missions in the conclusion of the game. It'll Mm -hmm. say, you know, this happened. This didn't happen. We weren't able to do this. We were able to do this. And it kind of goes through a mission debrief at the very end of the game. Mm -hmm. As I said, without spoiling it, the end gets to a point where your character is reliving memories, and you're running through these memories while uh, one of the other characters is kind of coaching you on it, saying, you went down this path, you saw these people, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to coach you through your memories. Right. A funny little Easter egg I found going through it that apparently other people didn't find, because I talked to some other people who played the game, they never interacted with this. You can get to a point where... You have to keep re-looping through these memories because they don't end properly. And he'll tell you, go left down here. And at one of the points, you can just go right. And he'll be like, uh, no, that's not the right way. And then if you keep going, he's like, okay, well, I-, I guess you went this way. And then like he's like, and then you saw this. And then I went another way. I did the opposite of what he said. And I found this little latch. And I fall down into this dark crevice. And I see like this thing scurry in front of me. Like just, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I go down around this corner, and I hear this, like, was it a dinosaur? It was zombies. You fall into this dungeon, and there's all these zombies, and you have to fight off these zombies. And then afterwards, like, you know, you eventually die because you get overwhelmed and you only have limited ammo. And he goes like, all right, enough of this, you know, nonsense. That didn't really happen. And then like continues on. But that was like an interesting little nod, and I don't know if it unlocked something or not because it played like the little um, Nazi zombies like noise, right? Know, kind right. of noise. Yep. After I finished that mission, kind of cool. Um, but at the end, you can choose one of two options. You can choose to tell your team the truth about where um, these nuclear missiles are, where this person is who's controlling these nuclear missiles. Right. Or you can lie, uh, which determines what happens to the world, basically. And it's interesting because the correct choice is not necessarily the best choice for your character. So, yeah, again, without spoiling things. A little I bit think of ambiguity. Should, yeah. I think you should play through it. Um, it's okay. definitely worth the playthrough. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's not super long, but I feel like you get your money's worth playing it. It's, it's visually on par with what you would expect a PS5 game to look like. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that one. I, I feel like it's a game I wouldn't necessarily buy because I don't really engage with the multiplayer. I'm not really a, a, a competitive multiplayer person. I'm more of a co-op. Mm-hmm. So 
So it sounds like a game I would probably just like borrow, just play the campaign and just give it back. Yeah, it's it's worth it for the campaign. I I've played a little of the multiplayer. I think I've kind of outgrown Call of Duty multiplayer. Same here. Not like and that's not to say like oh I'm I, I'm I'm older now. I'm more mature or whatever. No, it's more of like a I've kind of played enough of it over time where I just I don't want to play Call of Duty multiplayer anymore. I probably <laughs> Like maybe if you got on and I got on, we we could probably do zombies because it's co-op. Yeah, I would probably be down for that. That in multiplayer, the only parts I haven't uninstalled because the game itself was so it ended up being well over two hundred gigabytes. That's massive. With this, if you had the story, the zombies, and the multiplayer, it's thankfully you can download them separately. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's over two hundred gigs. And with the limited space that uh, the PlayStation 5 has right now, that's just too much. You can't let it take more than a third of the system no, storage. No, no, absolutely not. But yeah, so I've been diving into the Hitman games, like the reboot slash continuation of the Hitman series. Um, the Hitman 2016, it is a reboot, but... To my knowledge, it's a continuation of Hitman Silent Assassin that came out on PlayStation 2 and Xbox. It may be. I know that it, it was the first Hitman game that was episodic. Yeah, so I'll get into that real fast. But I want to say that before this, the only Hitman I, game I played, because I mentioned Silent Assassin, but I never played Silent Assassin. The only Hitman game that I've played before this was Hitman Absolution. Which is like the last game that was released before. And I later realized that's the worst game in the series. Is Absolution non-canon into the storyline or? Uh, I don't really know because um, everything that happens in the story uh, basically doesn't matter. So... Gotcha. Um, it's it's I can't remember all of it, so I, I have to look it up. So again, it's kind of a reboot of the series, and as as you mentioned, uh, Hitman 2016 was released episodically, and that was a uh, a turnoff for me when it, when it came out because I didn't really like the idea of paying ten dollars every month for a new game i'd rather pay sixty dollars for a complete package and turned out that this was a decision by square enix and not io interactive it was yeah. i io the developers had any hand they would just release it all at once yeah but still that decision turned me off from this series in a long time i i and that was actually kind of a trend for a while um, the Telltale games were doing that. Mm-hmm. There were some other games that were doing that. Uh, Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Did it. Um, Which was also, was that one also Square Enix? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. And so this was a, a trend I didn't like. And so it kind of turned me off with the series. And this turned into like a, a, a slippery slope of irrational judgments that kept turning me off in the series. Like, how is this one guy know how to do everything that's so dumb uh how does this one guy know how to play the drums so competently that's so dumb you know or how is this one guy able to conceal a crowbar or wrench and in this suit that's so dumb only to later realize that's a running joke of the series where agent 47 is just 
competent at everything. That's he's just he's just that good at his job. Yeah. Um, There's and, a comedic underline to this game. And so also, I I had this irrational thought where the 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 Hitman games were were praised as having like this freedom of expression. You you can approach to killing these targets however you want. And again, I, I don't know why I was having this thought at the time. I don't know what, what was going on in my life where I had this thought where it's like, oh, how can you have freedom of expression if there are all of these conveniently placed things to kill your target? How can you express yourself if all you have are the tools in the in the game? There's no freedom of expression but that's what games are the levels are designed to have tools and all these things at your disposal and the freedom of expression comes with how you deal with the tools given to you exactly and so i don't know i don't know what i guess in 2016 i I guess i was kind of going through a bit of a of a depressive phase i don't know why so obviously i don't think my mentally i wasn't doing too well so but I finally gave it a try. Decided to give it another go. I bought Hitman One and Two. Uh, they were like fifteen bucks a piece at Walmart, mm-hmm. and so not that bad. I come to find out that Hitman Two, if you installed the Legacy Pack from from Hitman One, you mm-hmm. can pop in Hitman Two and replay the levels from the first Hitman game with the updated mechanics of Hitman Two. So some of the new mechanics that Hitman Two introduced was uh blending in crowds assassin's creed style in in the first game the the uh, the crowds only obstructed vision so if someone uh, saw you the crowds actually acted like walls whereas you blend in in, in hitman 2 and you can also uh hide and brush you mm-hmm. couldn't do that in, in the original hitman and also, mirrors work in Hitman 2. If you're sneaking up on someone in front of a mirror, they can see you. <clears throat> so I decided to play, I think I played two levels of Hitman 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two levels of Hitman 2, and just I just ran out of time. So, and also, Hit, Hitman is a, they, they call it a stealth game? And I kind of butt up against that a little bit, because... Some of the ways you can approach your target, they do encourage stealth a little bit, but you can literally run up and shoot the guy in the face in front of everybody and run out, and you can still win. Yeah. You're not penalized for that. In fact, there are certain challenges. The only thing that changes is your score. At the end of the level, you're given a score and mastery, non, non-target non kills, being seen by cameras. There's penalties, but it doesn't affect how the story goes. It's just one of those things and there are also some challenges that require you to be loud yeah so um and also these levels are designed to be played several times there's several way like they, they call story stories of how to kill your targets where oh you can disguise as one guy or you can poison this guy's drink or so on and so forth so in the game you mostly kill terrible human beings. Yeah. And which given uh kind of this past year was kind of cathartic <laughs> to be per- perfectly honest with you. The so moving on to s- to some of the things. I'll talk about one level of Hitman 1 and I'll talk about uh some levels of Hitman 2 cuz those those are more fresh in my memory because I pl- I was pl- actually playing it before I came here. 
Yeah, if it's if it's Hitman One, I might know what you're talking. Might blah, blah, the Paris I'm, level? Uh, I've played the first three levels. Okay, so if it's so, one of those ones. So the first level, other than the the training level with the uh, yacht. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is really funny. By I, the I way. do like that level actually. Um, I played that one multiple times. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> oh, good, good, good. So what 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 was some of your ways you approached, if you remember, to kill your objective? probably been about a year now since i've played it but um a little backstory i i picked up the game on clearance at target oh, years and years ago probably around 2017 uh, it was a complete edition nice um, uh, and then i played it uh, recently and i think the way i did it the first time through was i snuck in and i knocked out one of the like maintenance guys or, or something like that uh-huh and I threw him in like a a, sh- a shed or something. I put him in some sort of container, put on his clothes, and I kind of like just snuck through the party um, until I got to a certain point on the ship where it's like, okay, he's not supposed to be there, even if you are part of maintenance, you're not supposed to be there. And then what I ended up doing when I got further was I found one of the like uh, crew members on the ship, right on, and kind of lured them into the kitchen i as i recall mm. and, and i they like killed him with a pot and like put him in the freezer <laughs> and then i dressed as him and i snuck up to the guy that you're actually supposed to kill and i muffed it up and killed him in broad daylight and then i was just like oh and then i ran off the ship oh, and damn. then i ran away but i, I survived nice so. <laughs> okay so one of the ways i approached it is that uh your target which is i remember now the sparrow He's just called the Sparrow. Mm-hmm. He's meeting with a certain person. I can't remember what, but your your starting point, you see him st- stand right next to a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person he's going to meet, he's a guy in a really nice white tux with a white cowboy hat. Uh-huh. I threw coins to to lead him away. I killed him, and <laughs> I disguised as him to get close to the target. And during <laughs> the meeting, I just went, I just, I just shot him, oh, <laughs> and I just snuck right out. Oh. And so, another thing is that uh, Agent Forty Seven, his he's really funny. His dialogue is hilarious. He is so matter of fact. It's he's deadpan. Basically, he's, it's yeah. so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, going to the Paris level, uh, the Paris level was actually the. F- I had a lot of fun with that because. I, I decided just to screw around. Um, is that the one in the mansion? Yeah, the one in the mansion. Okay. And it's super cinematic. Like, the camera pans behind 47 as he shows his pass to the guards, and that's when he gained control. You walk through the front. Your first target's walking down the stairs, being super flamboyant, bombastic, you know, all while uh, your handler's saying, that's your target. Hmm. I just pulled out my gun and shot him. <laughs> it's crazy. This massive, like... Oh. panic and i died soon after because i was just surrounded by bad guys oh yeah that level you can't really go in loud i tried many times um <laughs> actually the second time i went in loud and i'll con- i'll go back to the regular story in a second uh i completed it the first time and so i could uh have explosives on me mm. there is a rubber duck explosive that you can carry it's a remote explosive <laughs> and so i blended in- i blended in the crowd and and as he was walking down, I just kind of just tossed the rubber duck I led. No one was alerted. I just went, boop, <laughs> and exploded. Everyone panics, was rushing out. And there was another detail that I that I liked that kind of 
made me further appreciate this game. The whole mansion was completely empty, emptied out. No one was in the mansion. And here's the thing. If you remain in the mansion, people get suspicious because there's there's indication of trespassing. So it is more of an interactive sim to where this world lives and breathes. Yeah. So, and that's what I like about it. Because if you just went out, no one would, would be suspicious. But because you're trespassing, then that's when suspicion raises. So, just one of those small details that I like that that makes this game really good. So, I can't remember the two targets, but there was one target to where uh, she's, like, helps with, like, the runway, the fashion show that's going on. And part of the story is that these fashion models are really secret agents that this person is recruiting Mm. in order to do her dirty deeds. Well, there is a very famous, conveniently bald model named Helmet Kruger. Oh, I know Helmet. Yeah. Great name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Fucking Helmet Kruger. He's the best. He's the best. So, I disguise as Helmet Kruger, and this is this whole t- turn of events that's just hilarious to where you call your target, and she's like, no, you have to walk the runway. And so we're talking about a sociopathic, unemotional guy walking down this this <laughs> runway, wearing makeup. Everyone's going crazy. And you can do this multiple times. Like you, you can walk down the runway, turn, walk back, and then just kind of cycle. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> but as soon as you get off, then you you meet your target upstairs. And, and that's when she talks about, oh, this is your target and everything. And she's actually really surprised that you know so much. And your target is just like, and if anything goes wrong, take this. And Agent 47's like, cyanide. Good choice. <laughs> and then she gets a call. I take the cyanide. I drop it in her drink. Oh. And she was dead before she hit the floor. Jeez. Which, in a way, kind of cool and almost realistic. I got really curious one day. And I decided to research cyanide because they say cyanide is this is super, super toxic. And people are saying, oh, he's dead before he hits the floor. I thought that was an exaggeration. No, it, it does. It's it's, it's not. It's um, if, if you ingest it, you're gone in two or three minutes. Oh, yeah. And it's it's because it like it like attaches to like your DNA or, or blood cells or something. I'm not quite sure, but. That's really scary. Yeah, it's it's a lot of spies actually used that during like the Cold War and stuff. Yeah, if they were get caught, they would have to pop one in their mouth and bite down on it, and they would die. Mm-hmm. So I I killed her, and there was still the guy that that you first see. And at the time, I couldn't quite figure figure out like the best way to do it. But as as the game progresses, they kind of wander around. Uh, the level, but it was getting to the point to where he would walk out on the catwalk and I was up above disguised as a guard. I just took out my suppressed pistol, shot him and just walked out. Really? Yep. Everyone was in panic and I just slipped right out. I kept muffing up that mission because I kept getting caught. Um, I feel like I ultimately, what I ended up doing was I kept killing like waiters. (laughs) 
and like <laughs> taking their outfits and then and ne- eventually um I killed her. Um I think I snuck up on her and shot her with a science pistol. Mm-hmm. And somebody saw me do it. Like they were behind oh, me shit. like a guest and I was like shit. And so like <laughs> I run and then I keep getting caught by the security there. Oh no! Oh no! And so I, what I would do is like I'd run, 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 run until I got just out of sight of them, and then I would knock out like uh, one of the waiters or one of the staff again, and like get into their outfit, and like I'd wear their outfit, and somehow they would keep catching me. It's like I did that like three or four times, just like changing you, outfits. You must have been in line of sight of somebody. I think I kept getting caught by guests, and then uh, eventually I ended up beating that mission. Did you ever do the um, the mission with the hangar? Oh, I think that was a training mission. The uh, the chess master. I think so. The one where, where you can get him into a jet. And yes. yes. <laughs> and you disguise as a mechanic. You kind of mess with the ejection. Yeah. Uh, that that's one of the ways you can do it. He just launches right up. That was my it's, favorite kill so far in that game. You want to know something? Because that's a training mission. All those people are actors. Oh, really? And it's and from from what I've heard from like other podcasts and I got to go back and and see this for myself is that when you do that, the people break character were like, "Why'd you do that?" Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that happening, but maybe it did. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like they're all actors like like you subdue them and they just they just don't move like they're asleep cuz they're acting. But you launch the guy in the air. Can you kill him? <laughs> and your hander's like, well, it's a good thing he has a parachute. And they're like, what the fuck? He, like, launches through the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Oh, good times. That was a um, great mission. And so, moving on to the next mission that I did in Hitman 1. And maybe I'll save Hitman 2 for the ne- for the next episode. You're in this fictional Spanish, like, Spain, not not Mexico. Spanish uh location i believe and you have to kill these two people that are involved with creating a virus that meant to kill targets there are a lot of ways again there are a lot of ways to kill them but these are the two ways i i did it the the guy um his mother passed away recently and you can dis- and he was supposed to have flowers delivered uh to her grave but the delivery truck hit a hit a uh, a bicyclist, and it's like off. It's around around the area you you start start off. So I I do think it's meant like it's one of the ways you're meant to do it, mm-hmm. especially since these are one of these earlier levels to where you're still trying to learn the mechanics. Yeah. So one one delivery driver goes off and has a smoke, while the other one kind of stands relatively close to brush. I subdue him, dress as him. I grabbed the flowers. I had to be really careful because there there are some people in the game that can see through your disguise. Yeah. They're, they're called enforcers. And so, obviously, the, the second delivery guy will, write, will, not, will say, wait, you're not Tim or whatever. Yeah, or like a good example was that, that training mission on the yacht. There's certain workers there that know that you're not a worker there. Right, yeah. right. And so I grabbed the flowers... And the guards guarding the mansion was like, oh, the flowers are here. This is where you go. And so I put the flowers down on the grave, and my target's like, leave me. I'm like, okay, sneak, 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 sneak into some brush. And I just sit there, and he's going on this rant of, like, I'll honor you, Mom. I'm going to do all these things. All terrible things, by the way. (laughs) 
and I sneak up and in classic hitman fiber wire strangled the guy and then I first time I pushed him I dumped him over the edge I didn't realize that that was part of the level he landed right in front of a camera (laughs) oops I was like well damn second time I hit him some brush but I didn't realize that there was a, a guard that kind of patrols that route and he found the body then and then I turned on my instinct and realized that there was a box where I can dump a body right there. I don't know why I didn't see it before, but third time's the charm. I, I threw it in there and it was all done. So second target was the lead scientist who, in creating this virus. No, I'm sorry. She was the secondary. The guy that, that I killed was the, lead, was the lead scientist, I believe. So I had to kill the other chick because she's the successor. Yeah. So apparently... There is a private investigator going on that sh- my my target called in order to take care of some business. Well, I followed this private investigator for a long time. And by the way, he's an enforcer. It doesn't matter what you wear, he will he will he, he will call you out. So I had to follow at a, at still relatively far distance. And he would stop, make calls, he would stand in front of a well like I really want to push him in, but there, but there, that'd be a problem. One, I couldn't get his disguise. Two, there's lots of witnesses. Yeah. And so I kept following him. He went into the bathroom to pee. I may have drowned him in his own piss. <laughs> That's pretty dark, man. <laughs> it is. It's it's horrible. But I figured he he had to be still kind of a terrible human being if he's making deals with people, creating viruses meant to kill people. Yeah, you know, your conscience is clear here. Yeah. Obviously, this scientist has never seen him in person, so I just disguise as him. And she's like saying, this is what I want you to do. I will double your salary if you do this, if you give me these names. And Agent 47 is like, I can't do that. No. <laughs> and there is really no way I can get around, around her because, her, for, for one, she was, she was left alone by her guards. Like, we'd go somewhere... And she said to her guards, leave us. We need, to, we need to talk in private. So the first time, I just shot her. <laughs> the second time, I decided to straight up punch her, just jacked her, laid her out, and snapped her neck, but that caused too much sound. Oh, gosh. The third time, I stabbed her in the stomach with scissors. Aww. And it was loud, drew a bunch of attention. <laughs> That's just me. And I'm like, I probably just should have shot her. That was probably more merciful. <laughs> yeah. So and so I killed her. But the one thing about this about this level that I thought was kind of weak is that you have to destroy the virus as well. I hated that part. It was really annoying. And you you basically go in. The way I killed it is I dress as a scientist. I went in dressed as a scientist with a hazmat suit, and I had to distract these two guards away in order for me to increase the temperature of the virus in order for it to be destroyed. It was super tedious and annoying. I didn't like it at all. Everything up to that was great, mm-hmm. but that was the weakest part of the level. I, I hated that. That actually leads me to a question I was going to ask you. Do you think that you would continue playing Hitman 1? Because I fell off of it, personally. I hit a point where, uh, as you felt, I don't think it was the same spot, but there was another point in the game I hit... Uh, pretty early on where it felt really like 
tedious and I, I just kept getting caught or I couldn't complete it and I gave uh, up. I, w- I would maybe, do, do you have just the first Hitman or do you have Hitman 2 as well? I have both. I would re- recommend when you go into like the menus of Hitman 1, download the Legacy Pack and then pop in Hitman 2 and mm-hmm. replay the Hitman 1 levels with the Hitman 2 updated engine because I see what you're what you're saying is that there are later levels in or a level in Hitman One to where the entire area is hostile. Yeah. Um. The updated mechanics that Hitman provides, such as blending in crowds and in brush, makes that a lot easier. Okay. So I would really recommend popping in Hitman Two, replaying the the first Hitman levels with that engine. You'd probably be have a little bit a bit more fun with it. Okay. So. So that is Hitman 1 and 2 are still technically on my backlog, even though I tried Hitman 1 and fell off. It, I still intended to maybe replay it at some point. I, I would definitely recommend it. Like, playing these games, it's now one of the best games I've played this year. Wow. So Well, I mean, this year isn't well, been very 20, long. <laughs> it's, it's kind of in the middle because I've been playing these games for a little, for a little bit in 2020 to, to now. Yeah. And so I guess one of the best games i played in 2020. Gotcha. And Hitman 3 comes out January 20th. I'm buying that day one. Well, hold on. Do you know that there's a deluxe edition of that game? Did you uh, know that it's at limited run games and it's only available for a little bit longer? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I, it will also be available, I believe, in limited quantities. <laughs> um, I think Best Buy will be getting a, a limited amount of I gotta look at this. I'm looking this up. Live! Right now, I'm looking this up. Because Hit I was actually man. going to... I was going to buy it from Limited Run because I wanted the deluxe if I'm going to get the game. Limited. Uh, I'm getting a lot of feedback, actually. My headphones. Yes, five. So it says Limited. So is it only coming out uh, digitally? There will be a standard edition, I believe, that retail is getting. But for the limited edition, um, I said deluxe edition before, but same thing. Um, you have to go through limited run Ooh, or digital soundtrack. The soundtrack of Hitman is really good. It is director commentary. Yeah, bro. Like, like Valve style. Yeah. So if you want that version, Damn. that's how you get it, or you can try your luck getting it at Best Buy. But they only get limited quantities of limited run games. <laughs> I might have to think about it. It's like what eighty? Yeah. Versus, but I think the standard edition seventy. Because aren't PS5 yeah. games 70 now? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So just $10 more. So $10 more, you get more content. Yeah. Um, pre-orders close on January 20th. However, a small number of limited copies will be available beyond pre-order day. I'll think about it. Yeah. Um, the digital soundtrack, even though it sounds nice, I think a lot of the soundtracks now are on Spotify. Yeah. So it may not really matter to me, honestly. Typically what you'll get with those, I can't speak for this one, but with a lot of games, if you get a digital soundtrack, you have access to the FLAC files, which are higher quality audio than from streaming services. Okay. So that can be worth it if that's into you. And in my example, I typically put those on Plex so that I can just listen to them on the go in a higher quality. Okay. But yeah, just something to consider. Right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. And that will just about do it for this episode. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking about Hitman, th- not Hitman 3, Hitman 2. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, those are the two games I played. And Connor, what are the two games you're going to be talking about? Uh, I'll be talking about Dead or Alive 6 and a game called Actual Sunlight. 
Cool. All right. And that concludes this episode of the Super Clash podcast. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you next time. Later.